Hey there. Welcome to another set of career retrospectives right here on the Superview Show Network. I am joined by my two incredible, great, super cool, good friends, Kyle and Mike. What's going on, guys? Hey, back on the computer. Yes. Yeah. K-Man is back for another review. K-Man is back for another review on his computer, not his phone this time. So that's good. Um, so for those of you who don't know and live under a rock, we spun the wheel last week. And we are it's landed on Kyle's pick, which was, ta- as the title of this podcast suggests, talking about Talking Heads Remain in Light from 1980. This is just, it's Kyle's pick. It's his living. I'm going to let him go first on this. But Kyle, you know, it was your pick. What do you got? What do you got for it, buddy? I mean, it was my pick. It was on the Rolling Stones, whatever list of top albums. Never listened to it before. Never listened to a whole one of their albums before. Liked a couple of songs. So here we are. I mean, that's pretty much it. I liked what I heard from the few singles I know. So figured why not? Nice. And Mike's excited as always. Oh, you know, well, anytime I get to listen to any album that's kind of has a lot of um, buzz over it, you know, for, you know, for the time that it was released and what it meant to a music genre. Um, I'm always excited for that. You know, also it's just, you never know what you're going to um, get off of these lists. So it can be um, not always a, Hey, it's a, it's a 10 out of 10 um, uh, guaranteed. You know, there's always some kind of a possibility. So I'm always looking forward to that challenge of checking that out. Nice. And for me and me, I mean, going into this one, I just want to say, Talking Heads is a is a group that actually I know a lot about. I actually have this album on vinyl, an original pressing of it, because um, uh, I I went through like a, a, a mini new wave phase. If you listen, I was like, I gotta get the vinyl, gotta get the vinyl. So I started collecting like top burning down the house. I got like Psycho Killer, the one with that on it, and a bunch of other new wave bands as well, like NXS, um, you know, um, Billy Idol stuff like that. I have them on vinyl. They're not on camera tonight, but I do have this uh, record. On vinyl. So that's how I listened to this vinyl, actually, it's over the weekend and through today as well. Uh, getting ready for our stream tonight. But yes, Talking Heads Remain in Light. It was, for those of you who remember way back when, we we broke down and we looked at Rolling Stone Magazine's list of the top, was it 500 greatest albums of all time, whatever it was. And uh, this is one of the ones we picked. So we're going to talk about it tonight. Let's go over to the Wikipedia page for a second. Uh, this was their fourth studio record. Um, it is New Wave. It is post-punk dance rock. Art rock to an extent. We're gonna get on into all that in a second. Um, but yeah, are, are we ready to go to the track listing already? Yeah, I think we're yep. ready. I think it's uh, cool. It's quick like that. It'd be like that. It be <laughs> it be like that, Mike. Uh, it was a quick introduction there because I mean, this is like a an album, and a, and David Byrne is also I, I would say David Byrne is like a really smart musician personally, but that's me. Like he and he's done he's been on Broadway a couple of times too. But uh, but yeah, um, I'll read off the track listing really quick for those of you who are keeping track at home. And uh, then we're, we're going to go through this track by track together. We're going to song by song as a group, and we'll go from there, right? But here we go. So Born Under the Punch, Born Under Punches, The Heat Goes On, first track. Cross-Eyed and Painless, second track. And The Great Curve, the third track. That's the end of side one. Side two is as follows. Once in a Lifetime, Houses in Motion, uh, Seen and Not Seen, Listening Wind, and The Overload. Um, Kyle, since this was your, I guess, pick on the do you want to start off on our rotation here? Sure. So we're just starting right at right at Born Under Punches. The heat goes on. Um, not what I expected going into this. Gonna be totally honest with you, and gonna keep it completely honest. I hated this. <laughs> this sucked for me. 
Um, right off the bat, you're going on to this track with very, yes, this is a post-punk art rock record for sure. New Wave, yes, has all of that. This one had a lot of elements of that, including kind of like a prog instrumental, very much reminiscent of Primus. The vocals in the beginning here, the first couple of lines sounded just like Ed from Ed, Ed and Eddie. And right away <laughs> threw me off. Um, what really bothered me, though, is that the instrumental on this stays nearly the same throughout the entirety of the track. Really bothered me. And it was an instrumental that didn't jive with me. If you like that kind of art rock stuff, I'm sure you'll find it super experimental and great. For me, doesn't work. Went on too long. Came off just goofy and unstructured at parts. Uh, I did like the part that had like this video gameish arcade sounds thrown in there. I thought that was cool, but the song just really went way too long during uh, that outro. Uh, honestly, two out of ten for me on this one. Really painful for me to get through. Uh, I'll go next. Actually, um, so for me, as an opening track. I- when we get down to it, we'll get to it in a little bit, but I'm surprised that this, the hit single off the record opened up side two, but I'll get to that when we get down there. But Born Under Punch with Heat goes on, man, I I, I was listening to it like for a couple times over again just today, just to prepare for tonight as well when we do our stream. Yeah, this is a lot of like, it's it's definitely art rock. It's definitely new wave. It's concept. I mean, it's as someone who's from more <coughs> in that vein of um, music more than I guess most people might be like, like the, the the talking heads the the you know the psychedelic first the simple minds the tears for fears like that the kind of new wave vibe i mean i get that it doesn't work for everyone um me personally this one worked but not as well as i thought it was going to i mean i never heard this track until i turned on my turntable tonight uh this weekend and just started playing the whole record from start to finish to prepare for a stream so for me this is like a solid like I want to say four or five, pushing five out of ten. It's like a, it's kind of in the middle for me. I mean, but I do agree though. It it, it does feel long. It is very extensive. So I'm sitting at about a four point five out of ten for that one for me. As the born under punches for the heat goes on. Mike, is there any redeeming quality for this first track? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I to, to expect. I've never really listened to the group um extensively enough. And coming into this, I was just um it. It definitely dances on one of the most unfortunate um, factors that uh, I personally am not a huge fan of, and that's looping layers of music that are kind of all cut up and um, don't feel like they um, ever arrive at their their idea they kind of seem like they just keep redoing the same thing again and uh, um so it's not pleasant to the ear of someone who likes resolution um and they like uh direction they, it, it's definitely uh conjuring a, a dance feel uh, a percussion feel like a tribal at times feel um it's definitely not my cup of tea the saying is eerie feels out of place um yeah this was a strange start so three out of ten for me um just yeah not not what i was expecting gotcha all right down to track number two cross-eyed and painless was this one as painless as some might say kyle or what cross-eyed and painless for you at all or no painless no not as painful (laughs) yes uh, I will say, just <clears throat> get this out of the way. Uh, Born Under Punches, the worst song on the album. 
that was the lowest I'll give anything moving forward. Not to say that I enjoyed the song. Uh, this was a four for me. It's instantly better than the last one. I'll give it that, uh, especially from an instrumental standpoint. Really, though, it was just kind of boring. Didn't really go anywhere for me. And it just kind of rides on that interesting instrumental for too long, which is something I've noticed with a lot of the tracks here is they kind of harp on this one thing the whole time almost. And yeah, occasionally they'll throw in something here. They'll throw in something there. But especially on a like percussion level, it remains the same a lot throughout. So this is a four out of 10 for me. I, I didn't enjoy it that much. Uh, it, but was it better than the first song? Absolutely. Yeah. And for me, I mean, cross-eyed and painless, more like cross-eyed and eh, it was all right. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. being honest. Uh, wait, 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 it was no straight 10 out of 10. That's like, you know, that's the creme de la creme up there for us here. Uh, this is, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm actually sitting at like probably like a, again, again, a 4.5 or a 5 out of 10 for this. It, one thing I love about talking, the one thing I do love about talking hands is they're able to take a sound or a type of rhythmic pattern or a type of keyboard synth or whatever. They were really good at just making uh, a lot of repetition and a lot, and a lot of their biggest hit singles, like, like on this record, we'll get to in a second, but once in a lifetime is one of them. Cycle killers. One of them. Uh, Wild Wild Life is another one. Those are really good songs that I, that have had a, lot, had a lot of mainstream success. But however, their their deeper cuts are much more like, I guess one one might say harder to break into than than most others. Um, so you're 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 gonna hear that a lot from me at least. But yeah, this one is probably like a four point five. Nothing, just slightly higher than kind of nothing too crazy. Kind of in the same vein as the first one. Looks still pretty boring. Didn't really grab my attention as much. Sitting at a four point five for cross eyed and painful. I guess I don't know, Mike. Is there any redeeming quality here? Uh, it kind of. Um, this is probably this might be the shortest review that I do, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> just a lot of the same, uh, repetitive guitar and bass lines. Um, definitely more interesting than the first song. I like the funky kind of um feel to, in, in this point, but there's just no change of that direction. It just kind of returns again and returns again. Um, kind of feels a little like bowie here um to some degree but like not bowie that leaves you feeling like um satisfied with like a, a kind of amalgamation of different styles blended into one it just you know it just kind of does its thing over and over again um yeah four out of ten better than the first one but only by such a small margin so yeah it's just the loops i'm just not a loopy kind of guy loop um, music um you know I think like pretty loopy, Mike. Uh, i'm a loopy I'm, I'm feeling loopy after this album because i was just like at times i just don't know where the songs are going and starting stopping and just yeah it's just sometimes it's just tough tough to get a idea of what was being um, portrayed here so yeah yeah uh number track number three the great curve kyle any and with this this is a song have any curvature to it what's going on here we're still on an upward curve uh six out of ten for me right off the bat um this is an album that i mike i'm actually glad here because i didn't know how you were going to take this one i was like mike's either gonna love this for being experimental or just not enjoy it and uh so far from what i'm seeing i was in the right boat that you probably wouldn't like it too much but we'll see but this song I didn't like the slow and droning main vocal, but the rest of it, I actually enjoyed quite a bit. Um, I love the incorporation of the hard rock guitar solo in there, 
especially mm. over like the bongos and the clean guitar strums and it they're right after it in the middle there's like that horn section thought that was well done it actually had some cool change-ups uh the end half of the song actually has some uh like vocal layering on there that mike i know you're saying you don't like that but i thought it was actually something that made the song stand out where it actually worked together unlike the uh previous songs that you mentioned just kind of felt all over the place in terms of that i thought it actually worked well together actually had me actively listening and picking things apart rather than sitting there just going like oh my god what's going on uh this one it's not perfect i don't care for like like i said that slow and droning main vocal i mean it goes up to a six best one so far uh, but even then not something i would actively go and seek out and for me something to be said about this whole album is I, I, I say I got Fantano as my background here. As I was listening to this, it was around this part of the album that I went, I bet he loved this album. <laughs> now, I didn't watch his review, so who knows? But to me, this album just reeks of pretentious experimental music fan that's going to be like, oh, they experimented in the 80s, so this is super good and cool. And yes, <laughs> for the time, I would probably agree. This is, you know, for the most part, ahead of its time with what they were doing. But going back now, this song just hits at a six. Maybe if I heard this back then, I would have been like, oh, that's some really cool stuff they're doing. But now mm. it, it it feels dated. It feels just something off about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a similar boat, but I'm, I'm not as optimistic as you. For me, it's a, it's a solid five out of ten for me. Nothing too, I was about to say five out of five. Forgive me. Five out of ten for me. Uh, it is nothing super. It's, again, kind of mid, very, very mid for me. Um, I do like, um, you know, I I did like where it went, at towards like the end there. But again, to, to to some extent, I do feel the length of it. It is six minutes and twenty eight seconds long, and I'm like, you know, again, I I've said this before. I'll say it again. I don't hate long songs. I actually really like long songs. Quite a bit. Some of my favorite songs of all time are long songs. They're seven plus minute songs, whatever. But this one, you could definitely feel the length a little bit. It does feel a little bit dated, as Kyle said as well. And it's just, it's not as. It's it's just it's very mid for me. That's why it's a five out of five. And I, I really don't want to say too much more on it, truthfully. But five out of five, five, five out of ten. Excuse me, saying the wrong thing already. Five out of ten for me, not a five out of five. Five out of ten for me for the great curve. That's just where I'm sitting at that that great curvature, as it says. Uh, Mike, talking head fanatic over here. Great curve. Track yeah, three. Man, I, I like that Elmo you just did. Uh, Elmo was my acronym for enough. Let's move on. Uh, so uh, <laughs> that's uh when when I when I use uh, I got this idea from my uh, cousin. Shout out to Matt. Uh, he told uh, the keyword is Elmo when we beat a, a, a dead horse on saying the same thing about something. So uh, Elmo here. Uh, I'm just it's it's the same thing. It's repetitive. It's similar vocally to the previous song. Um. Yeah, it has that jungle percussion feel. Just yeah, four out of ten. Just similar. Just didn't. Not my cup of tea. And uh, that's pretty much all I can say about it. It's gonna be a short review for me. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy. Quick night with Mike. Yeah, literally. Um, but yeah, Kyle. And now we got a side two for me. At least it was side two because I flipped over the record and I put on once in a lifetime. Mike. I mean, uh, Kyle. What do you got? Hey, so oh, not me. Okay, sorry, Kyle. What <laughs> well, do you Mike, got for do one? Do you want to take it away, Mike, or do you want to keep the order? Yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? Okay. Go for it. Uh, yeah, it's a catchy chorus, and 
uh, okay, from coming from a guy who does spoken word poetry and spoken word kind of stuff, it's just not enjoyable spoken word stuff that I really wanted to hear. Um, I've never enjoyed this song. This is actually a song that I've, uh, you know, hot take. I just uh, always heard this and it just repeated and repeated and repeated. And these kinds of albums are extra tough for me to review because um, my brain just shuts down when I when something repeats again and again and again. And I can't stand it. And it's probably one of my biggest um, faults when it comes to like um, being able to um, uh, eat or digest any kind of uh, musical kind of meal being thrown at me. And it's just like, I need variety. I need progressive progression. I need all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, it's recognizable. It's got some interesting things going on. It's six out of 10. It's the best song on the album. Um, and uh, it's about as high as I could give it. I originally had this marked at a uh, five because it was down straight down the middle. But then, you know, uh, sometimes I could find myself like, you know, singing along to it and, um, you know, it just has a strange quality to it. But other than that, it's not much I could redeem. I guess I'll go second. <laughs> uh, this is a great song. Um, I actually, this is the one song that I knew off the record going into the record. Uh, I was surprised it wasn't the first track. Because, you know, when you, when you, back in the day when you had vinyl records, well, I shouldn't say back in the day because they're like back now, but vinyl, you know, if you'd flip it over and like side two would hit and then boom, and you get a really good track or like a, a, a big hit single or whatever. And this was the, that case for me. I mean, this, uh, man, this is solid 8.5 out of 10 for me. I love this track. I hear it all the time on the, on classic rock stations and whatnot, like FM wise and sometimes Sirius XM as well. Um, plug, please hire me. Um, you know, but like, <laughs> Um, but yeah, this is a really, I, I, I enjoy this track a lot more than I thought I did and hearing it as, as a part of a, a bigger project or sound for talking heads, at least I really, really liked it a lot. So 8.5 out of 10 for me for once in a lifetime. I wonder if, um, Anthony Fantano over here has actually enjoyed the song or not. <laughs> I mean, complete agreement with Mike on this is the best song on the album. Hands mm-hmm. down. The only song I knew from the record going into it. I've always actually really liked this song. Um, so I, I'm more positive on it than Mike is. I actually enjoyed uh, the spoken word on this one coming from someone that usually doesn't enjoy spoken mm-hmm. word. So for me, it's best lyrics of the album, hands down. And it's not even close here, um, even though it does get repetitive. And that's what prevents this from really being a 10 out of 10, something that the album as a whole suffers from. This ends up being an eight for me. It's really the only song on the entire record that has a really distinguishable chorus, distinguishable in terms of being catchy and memorable, yep. really at all. And really, this is something that about all the Talking Head songs I actually like is that it's more straightforward. It's really not trying too hard. When I was listening to the rest of the record, all I could think was like, I could think of them just sitting in the studio and just trying really hard to be experimental. And that's how it came off. This one didn't come off that way. It was just a nice song. There was nothing above, you know, above and beyond about it. Eight out of 10. I like the atmospheric synth behind it. Um, Always really liked it. I think it's excellent in terms of storytelling, but yeah, eight out of 10 is the highest I can go on it. Nice. And that being said, let's go back over to car for a sec to start us off again. With uh, Houses in Motion, the second song on side two. What do you got? More like the motion of the album just stopped. 
I was there for <laughs> one song. Uh, we're back down to a five, and it's again, it's very funk forward, which is a nice change. Uh, really like the call and response vocal sections, but other than that, there's really nothing else to this song that intrigues me or brings me back to it. Uh, the saxophone solo is interesting and strange. Does it fit? Not really. It's just kind of there. Uh, not my thing. Five out of 10. If it was on, I wouldn't be like offended by it. Wouldn't be like, go turn that off now. But I don't think I'd ever go and listen to this. Yeah, I'm going to. This is where like the uh, the peak, the peak hit with once in a lifetime. And then the rest of the album kind of like slow, slow, dies a slow whimpering death from here. Uh, for me, at least, <laughs> I'm not trying to be harsh, but I'm just saying. Um, houses in motion, you know, it's it's a very it's more like a for me, it's a four. It's it's not again, it's not bad. It's not great. It's not once in a lifetime though. It doesn't have the same type of vibe and ring as the track pri- pri- prior to it as well. Uh, it's I, I do like the as Kyle mentioned, I did I did like the funk aspect too, and, and I'm I'm all for horns. I mean, I'm a huge Chicago fan. You know, certain aspects of that I do like as well. I love a good brass section in a song, or whatever. But um, yeah, this one it just it felt like when it first came on, I was and I was listening to, it, I was like, oh, it's got a horn in it, and I listened to it more and more. And it didn't it didn't like resonate more with me as time went on. So that's all I have to say really about houses on houses in motion. But I know you Mike loved houses on fire. I yes, I almost <laughs> did, and I'll get to why I'll tell you I'll tell you guys why afterwards. I'll tell you why afterwards <laughs> the house on fire. But Mike loved this track, houses in motion though. Is that a re-flashback, man, to asking Alexander, or is that, I don't know if that was... I'll tell you off-camera. <laughs> all right, all right, yeah, yeah, we don't want to discuss that. House of Emotion, uh, what can I say about it? It's just, it just started off very, just barely happening, and then it just kind of, it's just a mess, man. It's a three out of ten for me. I, I really, uh, I just, at this point, I even wrote, in my notes i can tell i just don't like the writing process of this album but um especially at this point like where there's just it just everything seems like cut cut up uh chopped up on the on you know on the on the cutting room floor of just bits and pieces of uh, songs edited together and very uh spont- spontaneous uh things happen but never do they ever hold hands and lead you to a, another point it's just it just left me scratching my head going man am i am i not a musical genius to be able to truly decipher such a uh, musical code like you know it it's tough for me to rate a, a classic so hard it makes me feel like uh, uh not as legitimate but hey i'm okay with that i'm okay with you know not being a fan of something like people really like and you know um, I mean, yeah, I, so I completely me. agree with you. I, yeah. As I was listening to this, I just kept find, finding myself thinking, like, I should like this. Like, <laughs> this is an album that people like hold in like such high regard as like one of the best albums ever. And not just Rolling Stone. I've heard it from other people. I see it on other lists. And to me, it's just like, I was listening to it. I was like, dude, what am, what am I missing? I never, it <laughs> never clicked. It just didn't work for me. And I guess that brings us to the next song, Seen and Not Seen. Uh, it is just a four. Just decent background music. And that's really all I have to say about this one. Like, I, I don't have any other notes on this one other than 
it was on <laughs> in the background and i was like all right it's it, it's just so lame like i just didn't find anything interesting about this one that's literally the only notes i could muster up was decent background music mm-hmm. Well, in the wise words of our other podcast we do here at the Super Show, we swiped right there, Kyle. This is purely just <laughs> infant background music. Like this is this is just like this is a solid two point five. I'm talking right here. I'm, I'm being harsh tonight. This is I I, I listened to it over, I, when, after once lifetime after after House in Motion. Like, all right, you think it get, get you it could get better? No, it doesn't. It just doesn't get better. You would think it would, but it doesn't. Uh, unfortunately, this is a scene or not and not seen. This is more like just get rid of it completely and forget about this track. It ever existed. And this is all 2.5. I'm sorry. I literally couldn't. As I'm listening to it over and over, again, I'm like, it's more and more and more forgettable. I'm sorry. I hate to be that guy. And I like talking heads, too. So anyways, Mike, is there any redeeming factor for seen and not seen? Yeah, honestly, I looked on the way down. And I was like, eight tracks. Yeah, but for the wrong reason. Like, I wasn't. <laughs> saying eight tracks like yeah we've made our point and and enough is enough no i wanted enough is enough because like i at this point the maddening repetitive repetition just it reminded me of people on like some drug in the 80s like on a dance floor and they're like hey did the song end yet no did it oh <laughs> the song starts out like uh mariah carey 90s pop beat like uh just the strange beat and it almost reminded me of mariah carey uh, it just it just evolved into just that repetitive loop looping it, it actually the, the repetitive loops actually were used to a strength here but to a strength that i truly could not uh call upon it's just not my cup of tea just three out of ten just uh unheard and not heard <laughs> and uh <laughs> Track number four on side two, Listening Wind. Kyle, were you listening to the wind during this one at all or no? Or are you blowing in the wind? I wish I was listening <laughs> to the wind. I wish. <laughs> uh, two. I lied. This is actually right about on par with Born Under Punches, but for a different reason. At least that one was somewhat exciting to maybe use a, some kind of word. This is just a spacey song. It's boring again. I hated the chorus on this one. Absolutely not my style. Again, a lot of the same thing throughout the whole song. Way too long. When you have a when you have a four-minute song, this goes for most of the songs in the album too. When you have a song that's like four and a half plus minutes that feels like you're listening to the same thing for like 10, it's brutal. And Mike, I agree with you when you said that you saw only eight tracks. Like, thank God, it's almost over. That's exactly what I thought on first listen. I was like, how much longer? I was like, oh, only, I I think it was either Houses in Motion or Seen Not Seen. I pulled it up and I was like, oh, thank God, I'm almost done. Yo, Kyle, what would you have done if this was 15, 16 tracks? I might have given up. I think I would have given up. Listened through and been like, I can't do it. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't even know uh, how because by the end here, I was so hit by album fatigue for a relatively short album. You should never have album fatigue on an eight track album, but I was there halfway through this. So this is a two for me. Spacey, boring, I just not, not entertaining. This is wretched. Listening to the wind, listening, the wind <laughs> well, like listening about a fart in the wind. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. <laughs> rip to my sanity here 
Uh, no, this is a by the time and plus the last three tracks on the record are three minutes, four minutes, and six minutes. You think it would get better? No, it gets worse. Listening wind, more like listening <laughs> straight up. I kid you not. It was wretched. I could not. I. I it's a one. I'm sorry. I, I I I literally could not go any higher than like a maybe one maybe pushing one point five here. This is just boring. Like it's just repetitive and the same. And Mike, God help us all. Yeah, I'm right with you, man. It's, it's just it is one just big cloud of just just nothing. It really just uh it just the repetitive nature again. Like I said, Elmo. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna go with uh oh, two out of ten. It's just, it's just why I don't understand. Oh my god! Uh, at no point does this ever command it, uh, me into um being a fan of of this band. And I'm just almost curious to just go and listen to some more and see if it's the same thing or if it's just was just a weird bump in the road. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, let's let's depressingly go down to the last track here with the <laughs> overload. Kyle, is there any redeeming hope here for Anthony Fantano? Uh, depends. You give a three out of ten. Do you consider that a hope? Because <laughs> uh, that's where we're at on this one. I will say it's a bit of a step up from the previous song, only because it's something. It does offer something different than the rest of the album, but it offers it for six and a half minutes of just That's... non-exciting almost doom metal at time at times <laughs> uh influence here atmospheric to a horrendous extent i you know me i don't like atmospheric music it's not my thing uh could tell there's some sabbath influence on here but for a record like this that doesn't really work it was just too long of the same thing really not for me um only thing that made it a three was the fact that it was slightly different than the others but then halfway through the song i was like all right get it over with we're done so yeah no no redeeming quality really i'm gonna keep this show short you have no idea this just sucked this is a solid 1.5 out of 10 rip to my sanity god help us all the overload more like the mother load of crap mike what do you got well, I'm with you, JT. <laughs> it's like, I was straight to the point. Out of 10, man. This was a one out of 10. Boring as sin. Uh, as that atmospheric, almost, you know, and I say this as not a jab at the doors because I like the doors and the doors knew how to do things like this where it was like uh, a rising kind of building, um, you know, conjuring kind of like uh, dark sound. This is just a fail uh i really uh it was painful to uh end on such a note that didn't have any kind of redeeming quality and just yeah it's unfortunate that uh this group has put out an album that personally i felt like never ever truly hit a home run and just even that song you know uh you know once in a lifetime i it's one of those songs that i would skip on the radio more times than 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 actually listen to it um so yeah it was a tough ending and i'm thankful that it didn't go beyond eight songs or i would just be yeah pain it would be painful or you'd give up like kyle said he would (laughs) oh god 
Um, well, needless to say, we're going to go to our final ratings here for a second. So uh, that being said, that's our track listing and, and ratings for each song. What's your overall rating for Talking Heads Remain in the Light there, Anthony? I mean, Kyle uh, Fantano, Kukwesha, whatever Kyle. your name is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, like I said, this is an album that if you're a pretentious experimental music fan that thinks that anything with weird time signatures or that does uses different instruments throughout and layers things if you think that's automatically great yeah you'll probably put this in your top albums of all time uh if you're looking for accessible music to actually listen to and enjoy this is not it this is not it um it's again like i said maybe for the time in 1980 i could see this being interesting and ahead of its time but for now it doesn't work as someone that was actually really looking forward to this because, you know, I enjoyed all the singles from the talking heads that I knew. This is a huge disappointment. Uh, the only thing I could find on this one that was really a standout was the percussion throughout. I thought that actually stood out uh, a decent amount. I did enjoy, you know, the drums, they had bongos in there. thought that was well done, but there wasn't enough patterns. Like they would find like one percussion pattern and that would be the whole song. So, I mean, for me, it's a four out of 10. I big disappointment, wish it was higher. And that's just where I'm at. I kind of disagree with the Rolling Stone list on this one pretty highly. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, I mean, I, I'm going to let Mike go in a second because I know Mike is going to love this record towards the end of his rating, you know? Ah, uh, no, for <laughs> me, it's like, listen, it's a solid, uh, listen, outside of one, if you take once in a lifetime out of it, I don't think this record would have sold as many copies as it did, truthfully. Um, going through it, listening to it over and over again on vinyl, as I mentioned, because I have it, and I was like, you know, this is not bad, you know. And then it progressively got worse and worse as time went on, and I'm sitting at like I saw like four point seven five, pushing a five, a five on a good day, four point seven five, four point five on like a god, you know, like on an average day. Truthfully, like if I'm feeling generous, I'll give it a five, but other than that, I'm going to give it a four point seven five out of that. It's very, very middle of the road for me. I mean, as someone who's even even a fan of that style of rock of like new wave and stuff like that this is a lot of i, I was again to quote kyle and to probably, probably quote probably quote mike too i was really looking forward to this well i mean i'm a big i actually really like talking heads quite a bit i think you know the, their hit singles are great you know psycho killer and life during wartime and whatnot those are all pretty really solid songs but as a record though man it's this is a chore and a brutal one to get through for me so i'm saying at a 4.75 currently for my rating here we're talking heads remaining like Mike, you love this record. You hold you probably hold it like you remember, like in Chandler did and Friends. Oh, you yeah, you're holding it right here, right? You know, RIP Chandler, RIP, yeah, RIP yeah, yeah. to Chandler. Sorry, yeah, way, way to bring up a sore subject, JT. Wow, too soon, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, too, too soon. soon, too soon. Now you can't even utter his name without offending me, so too soon, too soon. Um, yeah. but um, you know, it's it's sad that it's an album that does have a lot of influential sounds and techniques didn't know how to land that plane it, it just felt like their genius kind of out outpowered their ability to tie it all in and make it um accessible to an audience uh of all kind of um objectives when it comes to music and listening to it and uh and enjoying it. it 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 feels very kind of like ahead of its time in that it could have uh um this is one of those albums i would like to see someone remix again we're, we're coming back to the same kind of 
uh, topic as we had before, like our previous um, selection could have um, honestly really been taken and, and done something with like someone could cut it up and, and, you know, and kind of learn from the interesting way they layered the sounds and did all the things. It's just uh, learn how to, to land that plane and really um, arrive at like an, the objective of, of creating a song that has um, different movements, different, directions and uh you know different ideas but without um like suffocating them so unfortunately i had to break out the old i hate it shirt for this one uh oh, yeah this, this is a 2.5 out of 10 it, it, it's tough to say that but it was just um and, and and coming from someone who's just extra uh irked and sensitive to like re repetition I've never been a, a, a industrial guy. I've never been a uh, the like a new wave in the repetition side of things, dance side of things type of fan. So for me, it's extra tough on my kind of my nerve. Whereas like another album that is like people would say, oh, this album sucks, doesn't trample on that. Uh, I may have more of a guilty pleasure response to liking it more than a classic to some others in their eyes because it just doesn't do the same kind of repetition that another album does. So I'm I'm saying that because of that, I'm harsher than the average listener is because of that just uh, that that stance. So, yeah, two point five out of ten. It just couldn't. Um, I had it at a three. I knocked down a half a point as a theme. It just suffered from the theme of the same thing. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's just where I had to place it. Well, on, well, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. We did not, as great as this album seemed like on the cover of it, uh, on the cover of things, we really did not know what to expect by listening to this. But going to Rolling Stone magazine and whatnot, their, their, top, their list of the top 500 greatest albums of all time list and doing this review, um, it's ultimately, it's it was not, it didn't deliver what we thought it was going to. Um, but that, that's okay. It's what, makes, it's what makes everything go the world go around. You know, it's all subjective and whatnot. Um, ultimately, we, we did not like it here, but ultimately, it's what you guys have to say. That just sound off in the comment section below. Sound off on our social media page as well if you like what you've seen here. And never to smash the like button and subscribe to our channel as well. I want to thank Kyle and Mike for doing this always with me. But thank you, gentlemen, of course. And uh, thank Kyle, you, JT. Thank you. Yes, of course. And uh, this is episode seventy three, believe it or not, we're on seventy three episodes so far. Uh, on track to one hundred, baby. Um, Kyle, are you ready to spin the wheel? Yep. All right, spinning the wheel now. Uh, this is um, Kyle is spinning the wheel for those who are listening to us. Just sit back, relax. Yeah, this is three. One of my, come on, one of mine. Come on, Mike, you're already out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> now, now, I only have one, and JT has two. That's true. There's a dog now. Come on, not Kate. Come on, not Kate. Uh, Katy Perry. Come on, not Katy Perry. Katy Perry. <laughs> Teenage Dream, baby. It's, yeah. it's not even my pick, but I'll go for it. Oh. Oh, my God. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> Katy Perry's Teenage Dream uh, is next week, baby. If y'all are listening, can you pick. call for help? I'm uh, I'm located at uh, 38 Sycamore Street uh, in, a, <laughs> in, in a Bedford Falls, New York, or whatever. <laughs> Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> Yeah. I, and uh Lindbrook, whatever you are. I don't even know. Well, I'll tell you what I won't have a problem with is repetitive loops that are chopped up into pieces and <laughs> and literally just I, I feel like it's gonna be the complete opposite. It's gonna be super predictable, like 
stuff that no. I I'm like, oh no. no. So no. that's Kyle that, that's Kyle just my knows early on prediction. That's my early on prediction. But I'm just saying it's the complete opposite of what we just listened to musically. Like it's oh, not man. experimental in oh, any yeah, capacity. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will. I will so, go. So, so the for those you don't know, the the album we just picked out was Katy Perry's "Teenage Dream" from two thousand and nine. I want to say two thousand ten. I forget what year. One of the two years there. Um, in my opinion, the best pop album from that time period. That's me personally. But we'll have to discuss that next week, of course. But tune in next week as we discuss Katy Perry's "Teenage Dream." Yes, it's happening. You heard that correctly. Katy Perry's Teenage Dream next Monday night here on the Superview Show. Uh, thank you so much for watching and listening. And uh, send, follow us on our social media content. Don't forget to subscribe. We're, at, we're currently at 1,199 subscribers. So if you're out there being number 1,200, good for you. Uh, but you thanks so much for watching. Hug. You get a free T-shirt signed by me as well. You know, I will I will literally no, find you and I'll send JT. you a shirt. Free shirt. There you JT, go. Can, can, I, uh, can I unsubscribe <laughs> and then subscribe? <laughs> <laughs> No! no, I'm just kidding. Whatever. Let's create some fake accounts, guys. Do this like five Google accounts and go, man. Anyways. Oh, wait, <laughs> wait. You may have just hit 1200. Oh, snap. Did he actually? Hold on. Hold oh. on. Refresh. My God. You did not. You did not. I you didn't. literally did not. And we're doing this live. I didn't. Who did? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Hey yeah, man, get a free T-shirt. This is you heard it here first. It's all, it's all Christina. It was all her. Uh, thank you to Mrs. Quersha herself. I appreciate yes. your efforts. Yes, yes, yes. Well, now live on air. Well, while we're live on air, we actually reached twelve hundred subscribers to the Super Review Show. Mrs. Quersha is going to get a a T-shirt in the mail. Or whenever the next time I see Kyle, that is signed by yours truly as well. And that is the case. I know you should heard that too, so don't worry. <laughs> but that's going to do it for us, guys. Thanks so much for watching us. However, you enjoyed us tonight. Sign off. If you love Talking Hands, great. If you don't, I don't blame you. For all of us here at the Super Show, Katy Perry's Teenage Dream is up next. Stay safe, take care, and. <laughs>